G'day Teabaggers, it's Will here. I'm actually about to fly to America, so I just wanted to give you a quick little message that the LA Podcast Festival, of course, is on this weekend. Uh, if you're coming to the Podcast Festival, come and see our show on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Tofop Live, Charlie and myself, Dave Anthony, Gareth Reynolds, Jen Kirkman and Matt Kirshen. It's going to be absolutely huge. And also, if you want to watch the live stream from anywhere in the world, you can do that. You get it for three weeks afterwards, but you can watch all the podcasts live from the festival as well. Uh, it's incredible value. And if you put in the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, uh, we get a little kickback from that uh, live stream, and that'll help Charlie and I pay for our flights over to LA. Uh, if you're at the podcast festival, we're going to have some new t-shirts and new posters that were designed by James Fosdyke. So again... We need to pay James, so if you could buy a t-shirt or a poster, that'd be really cool. Um, I have some shows on sale. Uh, my political show, which uh, Malcolm Turnbull has really fucked up, will need about 25 minutes of new material, so um, uh, that is on at the Giant Dwarf Theatre, so if you want to see the last of my Tony Abbott jokes and the first of my new Malcolm Turnbull jokes, you can come and see that at Giant Dwarf in November. Hey, Winnie, how are you, darling? And... Uh, Last but not least, the final two nights of my free will tour are October 9th and 10th at the Perth uh, PCEC. It's the week after the AFL Grand Finals, so Western Australians, Julie, they'll probably be celebrating or commiserating. So either way, come out and see the show. That'd be brilliant with Justin. And uh, it's it's my favourite show that I've ever done. It's the one I'm most proud of. So uh, I think that you will really enjoy it if you come and see it. All right, that'll do. I uh, hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. The following episode of TOFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World was life. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Totally. Totally. No sex with happy mates. Well, you're on a lazy Susan. <laughs> it's a total fact. fact. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get guns. <laughs> now, this is Tofop. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. We got the AFL talk out of the way before we hit record. We did. We had a little AFL chat. Well, I mean, we can have a little bit more of an AFL chat. Like- a, a little bit of a fire under the tea bag is because we asked the question in the last podcast, uh, do we talk about AFL too much? Yes. And there was an uproar saying, not enough. Not enough. No one said too much. No, but I imagine if we said, like, if we went with the people who said not enough, <laughs> I imagine that the no too much people would come out very quickly. <laughs> But uh, excitingly and surprisingly, I am going down to Melbourne next weekend to see my team, the Bulldogs, play in the first week of the finals, which would not have been expected at the start of the season when we lost our CEO. Will and I had an email exchange, I think in April, where you'd had a big win. We had a big win. I can't remember against who, but we jokingly said, maybe we should cancel LA Podfest. Right. And I was like, no, they still won't make it to the second week of the finals. <laughs> and now I'm like, the Bulldogs have sent me like the email about the now. Grand final tickets. Well, they've, no, they've sent, they send them like, so 
first week of the finals, they send out even before you're in the finals. They just need to, like, you know, they're kind of like, hey, if we get in the finals, do you want tickets? You know, so they'd sent me that one and I'd said, yes, I do. <laughs> and then this week, like yesterday, they sent me the one that said, so... We're not saying we're going to make the second week of the finals, <laughs> but if we did make the second week of the finals, and I'm like, I'm in fucking Adelaide. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, they may not win in the first week. You know, there's, there's still a chance that won't happen. But, uh, yeah, I can't believe it. It's, so, it's, but it's I, happened I, so quick, too. The dogs were like... The dogs dropped pretty dramatically after 2010. Well, here's what I was going to say. At the end of last season, we lost our CEO. We lost our coach. I mean, when I say lost, we didn't lose them. It's like, not like you did down the back of the couch. Yeah, or... we went for it. We went. We had a picnic at Hanging Rock, <laughs> yeah. and they just started disappearing one by one, and yeah. we couldn't have really understand the, have it. Have you checked the second drawer down in the right. kitchen? Yeah, one of the guys, the really studly guy, was having sex in the first scene, <laughs> and he disappeared first. I don't really know why. <laughs> Yeah, they were all in this deserted cabin in the woods. They started reading this book with human skin on it they found. And, uh, Someone got raped by a tree. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> so, yeah, we sacked our um, we sacked our coach. Uh, the CEO got fired or moved on. I don't really know. Simon Garlic, who's a friend of mine, so I don't want to misspeak. But uh, uh, our captain went to another team and we were still paying him. So we were paying him to play for another team. Went to team. another team as in voluntarily. It's not like he was traded. He said, I want out of this. I want out of this sinking ship that I'm the captain of. Yeah. He basically did the... Someone said, women and children first. He's like, fuck that. Yeah, fuck the women and children. Like, he was literally that Captain uh, Scatino from the Costa Concordia, yeah. you know, when that was sinking and he fell into the lifeboat with his girlfriends. <laughs> Essentially, our captain did that. He went to a club called GWS, got no, a no, really he, good time. You know he's more like? He's more like Billy Zane in Titanic. <laughs> He was running around. He found an orphaned child, grabbed her, and then tried to <laughs> sneak his way over to GWS by saying, I have a child here. I have a child. No, essentially what he did, actually, because we were still paying him, and this was the great irony of this season, and our highest paid player, according to the deal, actually played for another club. So a highest paid player this year has played for a club that didn't make the finals, right? But my fa- So that's essentially the equivalent of he pushed the orphan boy out of the way, but then he didn't have the money. For the boat, the lifeboat, so he got the orphan boy to pay. He emptied the orphan boy's pockets so that he could... Grabbed him by the ankles. He shook out all his money and then bought his way onto the other boat. Right. Which ended up sinking anyway. Uh, Our best and fairest from last season did his knee, so he was out for the entire season. Uh, and he also did some time in rehab for some things that were non-sports related, (laughs) is my understanding. Um... Our, our brain, Brownlow medalist, which is the medal they give out for the best player in the AFL, uh, our Brownlow medalist uh, went to another team. Yeah. Uh, one of our young gun forwards, Sean Higgins, he went to another team. And hasn't he fucking reinvented himself? I mean, he's, he's been killing it. He's always been an awesome player. So and, what happened to the dogs? Oh, you know what? He had such a terrible run with injuries. He was just one of those guys who, like, I, I, I don't think there was any... Did he get booed? Did he get booed? He got booed the other night. See that... I don't know about that. If you are a guy who's saying, I need a fresh start, and you haven't been killing it for your team, then I don't understand why they get booed when they leave, because it's like, well, it's not like your best and fairest left. Well, he did. Well, he, no, he got <laughs> a knee injury. Yeah. And he left for Thailand but for you know some I mean? rehab. Like if you're a player who's kind of had patchy form, and you put your hand up and say, you know what? Maybe it's best for everyone if I just start again. Then that's not boo worthy. Well, here's the when it comes to the AFL, I've been surprised by what is boo worthy. Well, the interesting thing about it to me is I don't think that, uh, like, as a Bulldogs fan, I I was not upset at Sean Higgins. 
Like, I like Sean Higgins. I thought he was a great player, but he had had a terrible run with luck. And I, I thought, you know what? It's that point in your career where you're like, maybe it is better that you just have a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah. I, I get that, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't think at the start of the season he probably got booed, but he's had such a good season for North Melbourne. I think he's earned himself some boots. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, now yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. oh, boo! Yeah, 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 Why yeah. were you that good when you were with us, yeah, boo? Yeah, totally. He was the boyfriend who was out of shape, <laughs> right. who had been unemployed for a while. Yeah. You break up. Yeah. And then Happy gets, the same guy, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of like, you know he what? He gets really fit. He gets a fucking really right. high-paying job. And oh, you couldn't travel. go to... Oh, my God. He gets like free airfares. <laughs> Hang on. You couldn't go to the gym when we were a couple? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so I think he was getting those boots. Sometimes a breakup is the best thing that can happen for you. Right, he's reinvented himself after a breakup. Yeah. That's basically what's happened. Yeah. Um, so with all that on the table, uh, we had this story where we promoted this guy who's been the heart and soul of our club for so many years, Rob Murphy, who I've known for like, you know. Rob as, Murphy is or the- Or Bob Murphy or he, Robert Murphy. He's the thinking man's footballer. Right. He's like, if there, if there was a hipster footballer, it would be Bob Murphy. He likes fucking cool music. Coffee. He, he writes an article in the, the, in the Age every age week, newspaper. Which is not like, it's about sport, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of metaphors yeah. and analogies. He's a very cool dude. But he also is a really provocative and interesting writer. He's got a great you know, use of language. And you're absolutely right. Always march the beat of his own drum. Um, was one of those guys, even though he's the heart of the soul of the club, I don't think he was ever considered as a captain. And yet he's been the most... Like as soon, it's one of those people that then as soon as we made him captain, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course you're the captain of this team." Yeah. and he's had he's probably his best season, almost totally. his best season ever this season. I don't think there is a player who is as fluid or as graceful with a ball. Like when he gets the ball off half back, and he he has to spot someone up, you just know that it's just going to hit him lace out, perfectly weighted. You know what I mean? Like he's exquisite. I mean, he's no, always he had that. Like the, the football that I always compared him to, and I don't think there's that many of them in the modern day game, but he always reminded me of uh, Robbie Flower. Do you yeah, remember Robbie totally. Flower? Yeah, of course. Like he just... Same kind of rangy kind of body. Yeah, kind of just glided, but in a really cool way and just I mean, he hasn't exquisite lost, skills. I mean, he's 32? Yeah, I'd say he's 32. And he's still like really quick. He's like a willow the wisp. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's one of those guys too who doesn't really have a footballer's body. No. Never really has had. No. And... A wonderful athlete, but really looks like he could be playing country footy still as well. Oh, but no, it looks like he could be playing in a uh, a Melbourne indie rock band. Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> looks like he could be playing, yeah, bass for Boy and Bear. <laughs> we love you, Bob. Uh, but he, he, so that's, that's, it's been a, this miraculous season. So we have this coach, Luke Be- Beveridge, who is our new coach. He stole from my club. He came uh, over to St Kilda at the end of last year. He's going to be a, like a chief operations officer or something like that, or yep. director of coaching. Uh-huh. And he'd been there for three weeks, and then you guys took him. Yeah, well, for so a bit- we would like to claim some of that success. Well, if this was a relationship, we had a one night stand with him. We're like, oh, we like this. Maybe we'll maybe turn to a relationship. But then he met the Bulldogs, and they were just fucking fell in love straight away. And we're like, oh, shit. No, you there. no no. It wasn't like that. It was basically you'd be like, hey, you know what? Like it was, you were more like a Mormon situation where you were like, "Hey, you can be wife number two. We've got a lovely position. Ah, like yeah, I've already got like wife number one. Yeah, but we've got a position as wife number two. And we said, "Hey, you know what? 
we only need wife number one and we're monogamous, my friend. You come over here and you are wife number one. And he's this little nuggety bloke that everybody loved. Like Luke Darcy, who is a former Bulldogs footballer, who's a guy who does radio now and is a mate of mine. Darcy was saying to me, they were just like, everybody loves Luke Beveridge. Like he was just one of those guys that, you know. Everyone wants to have a bevy with bevy. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's his slogan. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bevy of people having a bevy with bevy. <laughs> oh, too much. <laughs> we don't understand that first bevy. That's a word we don't really use. Um, but they, he took all the boys to come and see my uh, comedy festival show in April. And I would like to think, because that's when we beat Richmond. And that was like the moment, three rounds in, I think it was, where everyone was like, hang on, the Bulldogs are okay. And that was like three days after they came and saw my show. Where I joked about the fact that there was a joke in my show, and I don't do it in the show anymore, but there was a joke in my show that was like, I was talking about how I, yeah, even though I don't believe in God, I would never mock anyone who believes in God because every year I buy the top dog membership to the Western <laughs> Bulldogs. And the reason I buy that membership every year is because it c- comes with guaranteed grand final tickets. <laughs> and every year, despite the fact they haven't been in a grand final since 1961, I'm like, oh, better get those guaranteed grand final tickets. <laughs> So I did that joke, and I feel like that's what's motivated them through the season. I mean, I don't want to make it all about me, but... Can I ask, with this membership you have, because at St Kilda, I'm pretty sure there is a top-tier membership where you guarantee grand final tickets, but it's a locked club. Like, someone has to drop out for you to get in. There's, like, a waiting list and stuff. Was it like that when you got yours? Can you remember? (sighs) Look, I've been it for... Since I've had enough money to I be think it, that's so right. it's been like twelve or so years, and I reckon so 20, I, I reckon two thousand and three. Where were you guys in two thousand and three? Whereabouts were you? Let me actually have a think about how long it's been because it was when I was at Triple J, so it's actually got to be more like it's probably more like thirteen or fourteen. So two thousand one, I would say. Yeah, I guess. I don't really know. Where were I, Bulldogs? I know it was basically just no, but it was basically just when I had enough money to, to be it. It yeah. wasn't really because I was going to get the guaranteed grand final ticket. Yeah, but where were the Bulldogs <clears throat> at that time? Can't remember. In I'm a bit. F- you can't remember. Well, no, I'm a bit fuzzy. I can I'll- tell you where St Gilda have been in every decade I've been alive. Well, no, I'm a bit fuzzy about like what year it was and what period of my. A lot of. Okay, what I happened- kind of like look at my life as like I can tell you in like a five year zone when a thing happened. But I'm not really like whether it was like 1995 or 1999 when something uh, happened. I'll, is I'll make like, it easier. I'll, okay. na- I'll narrow them. Yeah. Uh, so the Bulldogs in 97, 98 were a pretty good team. Absolutely. Just final missed team. the grand final a couple of times. And then the next time they were good was 2004. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds okay. right. Yeah. So in that in between period, did you bottom out? Uh, yeah, I mean, we did bottom out, but I can't. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, but I'm not like you, where I remember Rain Man style. No, no, what position no, no. We so, I, so what I'm, the point I'm getting at is that so when you bought that top tier membership, there probably weren't a heap of Bulldog supporters going, "Oh, I better get those grand final tickets." I'm not even sure now if there is now. Like, because we're still not a huge membership club, although we're doing okay. Mm. But we're certainly not one of those top tier what clubs that have a lot of. This year? We had over thirty thousand, so which was not too yeah, bad for us. I think that's less than us. I thought you would have had more. Oh uh, no! And our crowds haven't been fantastic, considering how exciting the football that and our team do plays. Play an exciting brand of football, but we do. Like it is one of those things where genuinely, like, and I feel bad saying this. It's hard for me to get on here and say, "Hey, Bulldog supporters, go and support our boys." When I don't get to the games either because I'm fucking yeah, away all the time. You're doing everything you can financially to help the club, right? But I, but I, you know, like the oh, you're first that attendances, right? Yeah, yeah attendances. That's no, you you can. Uh, I think you can comfortably urge. 
Bulldog supporters who are in Melbourne to get to more games. Right. Easily. You shouldn't feel bad about that. I mean, I am flying there next weekend I, to see them. but I have been, like, I have managed to see the Saints in Melbourne like four times this year. I, I don't, can't get the top tier membership because, like I said, it's a lockout kind of thing. But I have the Saints membership as high as I can get. Plus, I make sure I get to a couple of games. So if you are serious about supporting your club and you live in Melbourne, you got to get to more than a few games. If I was living in Melbourne, I would go to as, like, I would at least get to six games a year. Well, here's what, okay. So at here, least. Well, I, I will, this year, I will have been to one game, right? And Burn him! <laughs> yeah, right? Well, because well, no, the only the only time I was in Melbourne, country. I was out of the country. But yeah, but the only time I was in Melbourne that I could go to a game, I went when I was in the comedy festival, and I went before I went to like you know I did two shows that day, but I went to the game first. But I sat in the commentary box with fucking Brad Hardy, so I didn't even use my membership that day, mm. which I don't think it was even a home game for us. I think it was oh, a Richmond home now, game. So like now but, I'm thinking about it, but here's every year I buy two Bulldogs memberships every year, like two. So. For games that I'm not going to go so to, and my imaginary friend isn't going to go to either. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> like I'm buying in the, in the now, one. You know I- what? You if that is if that is your platform to appeal to more bulldog supporters to go to games. You have fucking Milko. <laughs> right. Me and Milko are, going, are getting our fucking top tier yeah. membership every year. Yeah. So the least you My can dog's do... got a fucking, look at this, pet member yeah. here on the wall. Yeah. Will has a certificate that endorses him as a pet member for the Western Bulldogs. Can I ask you, do you miss Footscray, the name? I'm not as a, atta- like there are people who, because uh, our club used to be called Footscray, they're now called the Western Bulldogs, which was one of those things. I think yeah, it-, it was because, uh, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> tell me why, no, tell no, me no. why, go with it, go on. I was going to say it was, uh, it was considered offensive to the native Footscrayans who were like, <laughs> we are a people. Uh, Footscray a is a, like a, a very working class area. And uh, they didn't think that there was like, a, you know, for for a club that's trying to build its brand, for a club that's trying to attract more supporters, you know, when you've got your Collingwoods and Hawthorns and Richmonds and all those sort of things with 70,000 members and we're like barely getting 30,000 members, it's very hard to compete with those clubs. And I think they thought being the the, the brand of the Western suburbs was, was better. Um I'm not one of those people. There are some people who want it to go back to Footscray. I'm, I don't. I don't mind. It's weird to have to say the Western Bulldogs. I back for the Western Bulldogs. It doesn't sound right. Yeah. I would rather say Footscray, but I don't really mind one or the other. Do you know that St Kilda changed the, their name to the Southern Saints for a brief time in the late eighties? I do remember that. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, How long was it? How day. brief was the time? In my mind, and. This will probably be wrong, but it was less than a year. Were St Kilda always the Saints, by the way, or were they something before the Saints? Because you know, like there was the, like the the Mayflower, yeah, and the Fuchsias or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was clubs. Were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was the Collingwood Lip Balms. Yeah, <laughs> the Carlton Kale. You will find those guys, right? Uh, no, they're always the Saints, but. Uh, in the late 80s, there was a push to... Because where St Kilda is traditionally is a Bayside team. So. It's an inner, it should be an inner city hipster club. That's what they're well, that's kind what of they're going with now. Now, yeah. Like when it's we went so saw funny. that St Kilda game when they played GWS yeah. and they had that like hipster band doing like when a version of when so the Saints go marching in. So St Kilda all year <laughs> as part, <laughs> have been getting like... Because St Kilda has always been sort of known as the Bohemian club because St yeah. Kilda, the suburb is like, you know, a, a Bohemian suburb. And so... At halftime, they have lattes instead of oranges. 
no Gatorade. So the, <laughs> they throw macchiatos on been, new players at the end of victories. These musicians in who are Saints supporters, like Tex Perkins and Paul Dempsey and stuff, to do cover versions of when the Saints go marching in. Um, and when I was at the game last week, they so at halftime they'll play it. So they played Tex Perkins, and Tex did this Tom Waits esque, right? Like ultra slow when the Saints go marching in, and. The thing about it is, I was sitting there with my because I got a few tickets, and so I took my brother and my sister and a, and a couple of friends. And when my father died, he asked if we could play "When the Saints Go Marching In" at his funeral, and we're like, "Of course, you know," because it's a great spiritual song, upbeat. right? But also, it's a song that has crossover appeal because, like, your theme song is actually also a song. Yeah, like it's exactly. a song external to being your club's theme yeah. song. Yeah. Right, but not all of them well, it's are. A, it's a gospel song. Right. And so my dad, that was his request. So we we asked when they organised a funeral, we asked if they could play that when we carried the coffin out. But we wanted the upbeat kind of when the saints go marching in, but they were like, oh, it's a funeral, so we better not be too happy. So it was just a mournful solo trumpet player. dun 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 Boom. dun 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 Boom. They're like, that's not the way dad wanted to get sent off. It was like, it was... But very St. Kilda Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were at this game and Texas, his version, it was like, yeah. when the Saints... And my brother and I looked at each other and it's like, finally, a version more depressing than our father's funeral. You can't, I mean, you can't do that with we're a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> what other... Is there other sports? Because it, it is something that I've, I've seen pointed out by visiting comedians to Australia uh, that, you know, they think it's really funny that we play this brutal game and then at the end sing these, like, ditties. Jaunty songs. Like, these jaunty songs. Like, I don't know if it is, like, a thing that is... You've seen a lot of other sports. What about Premier League? Don't they have like, they have clubs. They have songs that like the crowd sing and stuff, but do they have club songs at the end? The players don't go into a room and and sing You'll Never Walk Alone or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it distinctive I mean, to the the Australian game? Because the idea so. that these men stand around in a circle and sing a song come at the on, end think is like when I mean to, it's brilliant. When but. you used to play, like like often when they'll interview a player uh, after a win, and the player will, will say something like, oh, "It was just great to sing the song." And if you've ever played football, it is awesome. Like after a win, it is great to get in a circle and chant a really easy to remember song that requires no harmony. Right. <laughs> I, I do love. Do you, uh, what was your junior, now? now what was your junior footy song? Can oh, you remember it? Um, oh God, it was. Uh, uh, hang on, what's the what's the Carlton uh, theme song? Um, what? Uh, oh God, I haven't heard them play it in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an indictment on Carlton as a football team. <laughs> what does their theme song sure. go with again? What is it? That's. Um, uh, we are the Navy Blues. Uh, we are the old dark Navy Blues. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was from Hayfield yeah. and we, we were North Melbourne's colours, the kangaroos, but we sang the Carlton song. So it was like, we are the kangaroos. We are the good old kangaroos. We're the team that never let you down. You'll... We'll beat them at our home or any town. Some come to cheer us while others jeer us. They can't get near us because they know that they are playing against the good old kangaroos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think. What's that, Skip? uh, I played for the. uh, Then we do the kangaroo because that was our. No. (laughs) I played for the East Brighton Vampires. 
What? The East Brighton Shut vampires. Shut up. No, we're the vampires. Have we talked about this before? No. Uh, no, but that's what I meant. How have we not <laughs> talked about uh, that you played for a football team that were called the Vampires? <laughs> it was because, I think it's because our jumpers was... Is that why they brought in the blood rule? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our jumpers were red with a white V, so it looked like a fang in blood. I never actually thought about it being the weird. Vampires? Yeah, the East Were you vampires. playing in like a league where they were like, the, were you up against the werewolves? Or the, like, <laughs> the like, 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 what are they, like in the ropes? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'd be great if it was a whole league where everyone was like, you know, we're playing the Werribee no, Witches. I'm trying to think of the other teams. So we played against, we're in the Southern Junior Football League. So we played against the East Sandringham Zebras, the, Zebras. the Hampton Rovers. Okay, but here's St- the thing. Uh, St Kilda City Saints. Okay, but all right, let's hang on. Let's let's go through this friend. Well, can I sing my song first? Oh yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> sing your song and then we'll go through okay. that. But also, by the way, for anyone who thinks we don't talk about AFL <laughs> enough, <laughs> I, I am enjoying it. Uh, so this was to the uh, uh, it was um, East Brighton a number one, we're the team that can't be done. We'll meet them, we'll beat them. Our voices will ring. We'll play them, we'll slay them, we'll show them everything. Da da da! Our achievements are supreme. We are just a champion team. We all know it's in the bag. East Brighton for the flag. And then someone would go, did we win? We shitted it in. Right. How'd we do it? Easy. <laughs> too strong, too fast, and too, too fucking talented. <laughs> <laughs> and too furious, right? Yeah, two for yours. <laughs> two back. Um, that's t- run me line by line through that song because there was some great lyrics in East there. Because I love the the Bragasio, br- br- Bragasio. What yeah. do you? I don't know why you said that. that. We're supreme. But you know, the, like the well of any of these songs, particularly the ones that have like things like the premierships are cakewalk, right? You know, in them in years when you are like a finishing like thirteenth or fourteenth, I always think when you win, do you just go? This song is full of lies. <laughs> Like, well, uh, our mates Brett and Vaughan, who grew up in Warburton, mm. they had the Warburton Kookaburras, and they their theme song was to the same tune as my club, the East Brighton. But the first line was, "We are Barra boys, you know, all the locals tell us so." And you're like, "Hang on, what? <laughs> what does that have to do with football?" Right. That is the most. Uh, that's that's like Jerry Seinfeld wrote those lyrics. It's just observational. Right. We are Borough Boys, you know, and all the locals and, uh, tell us so. All the locals, <laughs> which is also a weird thing for the locals to say, because <laughs> they're locals. We all know who we are. Why are you constantly pointing out where we're from, locals? <laughs> like if you were an out of towner and you pointed it out, that makes more sense. But okay. why are you bringing it up? Okay, line so by line. East Brighton. Yeah. So you got to drag out the East Brighton are number one. Okay. Where Again, the- so that you've started, like, I mean, it's, these these songs are very much, you kind of like, you know, your wrestler's rant before he goes into the ring. They're yeah. full of, you know. Uh, uh, Bragadaccio. Yeah. Is that how he said <laughs> Let's keep saying it until one of us just stumbles <laughs> onto what it actually sounds like. Bragadaccio. Um, so, so, okay. He's so, writing number, number one. We're the team that can't be done. You can't be done. Yeah. As in done over. I yeah, I guess. But I mean, you're really just looking for a rhyme for one, aren't you? <laughs> We're a team that lots lots of fun. We're a team that loves a bun on an end of season trip. Sometimes we lay out in the sun. He's <laughs> probably number one. We play one. better in the sun. We're the team that can't be done. He's probably number one. We're the team that can't be done. Um, it's it? harder when you do it line by line, isn't He's it? He's probably the number one. 
We're the team that can't be done. We'll meet them. We'll beat them. Our voices will ring, as in cheering. Yeah. Um, we'll play them. We'll slay them. We'll show them everything. That's a bit no, sexual. it's weird. It's like, <laughs> we'll show them everything? Yeah, we'll show them everything. It's kind of like going into... Guys, <laughs> it's in the song. Yeah. It's in the... Hey, just show them everything. We'll play them. We'll slay them. We'll take them to the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> For two dollars, anything. <laughs> we'll play them. We'll slay them. For two bucks, anything. <laughs> Why is the full Ford blowing that other guy? <laughs> we said we'd show you everything. <laughs> <clears throat> it's in the song. Our achievements yep. are supreme. I love that achievements has made its way into this song, though. <laughs> You'd never think that it's... a big it's... word. Yeah, right? That's yeah. a big word to get in this song. <laughs> yeah. uh, achievement. Our achievements are... Our achievements are sublime. Sublime? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> Our achievements are supreme. People tell us all the time. Yeah. Same people, local people. <laughs> local people. <laughs> no, it's a different, different club. Different club. That's the Borough Boys. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> our achievements are supreme we are just a champion team oh yeah that's good which actually makes me think yeah. of did you ever see in excess rockstar is that reality show where oh yeah yeah of course i watched it all and the guy who won was a dude called jd fortune he was and uh there was this one episode i watched the whole thing i thought it was great there's this one episode where um jd and another contestant on the show have, uh, you know have had an argument or something and the other guy had been talking shit about JD. So the other guy found JD and sat him down and said, look, man, I was talking shit about you, but I'm sorry. It was just the heat of the moment. You know, just could you please accept my apology? JD Fortune, his forearms, on his right forearm, it says human. And on his uh, left forearm, it says being. Yeah. And so JD looks at the guy and says, hey, man, just because you're a human being, putting his two fists together, doesn't stop you from, and then he crosses them over, being human. <laughs> I mean, it's great. That's... Worse the tattoo. Worse the nine hours of pain for that moment. It's just like, we are just a champion team. It's just like, we. One arm, tattoo, we, champion team. Just a real confidence. Right, yeah. Say that. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with Our you. Our achievements are supreme. We are just a champion team. Yeah, it's like, meet my guns, Des and Troy. Together <laughs> they destroy. <Yeah. laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we are we are just a champion team. We all know. We all know. Hang on, it's in the bag. Oh, we all know it's in the bag. Hang on, is it? Is the game rigged? No. Have you paid off the opposition? No, no, we're just that confident. Say, you know oh, what? Sorry, let me hey, take you back for one we, line. We are just a, cha- a champion team. Champion team. Yeah, I understand that. We all know it's in the bag. Yeah, East Brighton for the flag. Okay, not bad. Flag is what we call the premiership. Yeah, in Aussie rules. Do yeah. they call it the flag in any other sport? I don't know. The There's flag. A lot of stuff we don't know about other sports. Yeah, I know. And heaps we don't know about our own sports. <laughs> okay, now I want to go back to this and then we'll go back to your league because I'm fascinated by your league and the fact that you guys were the vampires. <laughs> this is like tickled me in a particular way. But let's go through the <laughs> AFL first. Anything. Anything. <laughs> we'll show you anything. <laughs> uh, so. The AFL, let's look at the teams in the AFL. Do they have a consistent thing? They're mostly animals and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, so my team's the Bulldogs. Mine's the Saints. The Saints. Mine's a theory, but okay, there's also so, the Demons. So, so we got the Saints. Okay, so let's go. So we got the Saints and the Demons. Yeah. But let's go. So animals, we've got like. Cats. Yeah, you got cats, bulldogs, dogs. Eagles. Eagles, crows, crows. magpies. A lot yeah. of birds. Yeah. 
A lot of birds. Uh, sh- sharks. <laughs> uh, okay, then you've got um, fictional things. The hawk. Oh, we said the hawk. Yep. No, yep. uh, fictional things. You've got giants. Okay, yeah. Saints. Yeah. Arguably fictional. <laughs> Demons. Yep, arguably. Um, a concepts. Power. <laughs> oh, the port power. Yeah. Well, okay. What's that, though? What would you classify that under? Power. Science. Yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've got the peel thunder and, and you've got the port power. Missile ideas. <laughs> Other, please, please explain. <laughs> There's a little box underneath. Yeah, power. The power. We're not sure if it's like electricity power. I mean, they have a lightning bolt on their... Well, no, because so it's weather. It, I think they're weather. Yeah, well, sun. We'll put them under weather, the, like the, the suns. Suns and power. Yeah, suns and power but are power, weather. But, uh, no, well, the power is such a general But term. they've got a lightning bolt on them, so I think it's electricity. Electricity. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to say, let's put that under... Uh, science. General science. <laughs> science. Suns and power. Understand. Science in the environment. So we have animals, we have <laughs> yeah. fictional characters, and we have science. Yeah. And what else would there be? Uh okay well uh I think that's pretty much it isn't it have should we covered we, should we look it up quickly okay well no I mean we could just go through it Fremantle finished top they're oh, the Fred, they're, well they're well the dockers oh, the What's dockers that? well they're people who work on docks and their logos an anchor yeah so they so they no no they're but isn't the anchor yeah but it's a different anchor oh yeah it's the it's, what's wrong with the gay anchor nothing wrong with it but that's just not the one they chose. Uh, however, the uh, Fremantle it. Rainbows, <laughs> they they chose it for that reason. Okay, so the Dockers. Well, we they're Dockers, they're working men. Obj- so they're... So, all right. So, so they're, uh, they're going under miscellaneous animals? as well. No, miscellaneous. Living things. They're under miscellaneous. Well, no, but we don't have any miscellaneous because we put the power with... We've got we've got science, No, we're, we do. We've got the Dockers. Science. So, uh, okay. The Dockers are their own. The, uh, we've got the Dockers, the West Coast Eagles. I'm just going to go through the okay. ladder in sort of order and see if we can work it okay. out. So, uh, Animal... Yeah, okay. Miscellaneous. So got, yeah. <laughs> Miscellaneous finished first. <laughs> then we got uh, animal, a bird, really. Yeah. Uh, then we swan, have one bird. The swan, that's a bird. Hawthorne hawks. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, kangaroo. Uh, the tigers. And a kangaroo. Kangaroo. Yeah. Uh, bulldog. Yeah. Crow. Yeah, all animals. We, we have uh, power. Yep. Weather, weather science, science. miscellaneous. <laughs> no, science. <laughs> Just the dockers were miscellaneous. Uh, we have uh, the. Sons? No, saints. No, I think I mean, be. Saints. I think saints and demons. Saints and demons. Who are mythological. Uh, we have the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, giants. We have the giants. So, uh, gi- oh, giants go under mythological creatures. Yeah. Saints and demons. Suns under science. And then Carlton. Carlton. The blues. <laughs> Depression. Miscellaneous. <laughs> Oh, bombers. We missed the bombers. Oh, the bombers. The oh. bombers are an aircraft. They, are, so they, uh, can, go they can go with birds. Science? <laughs> Metal birds. <laughs> or science. Science. They can be in either of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the bombers and the blues are the yeah. most kind of... The blues. ...hardest to define. Yeah, Mine's the blues are like... It's a colour or but a state what, of mind. again, what are the 69s? Or a musical I mean, style. Not 69s. <laughs> a musical style. 49s. <laughs> well, whether you touch jazz. Oh, the, yeah, okay. The, yeah. The 69s, 69s. would be great. <laughs> Where the Seattle 69s? What? What? Just a number. Oh, God. You can never... The, the San Francisco 69ers choked again. <laughs> can never rely on them to win a game. <laughs> I mean, they're great at both ends, but their game in the middle is... San Francisco 69ers. Um, 
Surely that okay. has been made a lot. Let's now go to your uh, league because that had the vampires in it. Because yeah. this is, I mean, vampires. I guess yeah, in a world that has giants, we, but we and had saints no, and demons. You could have vampires. Well, now I that suppose. I think about it, we, there was no, like, there was no mascot. There was no logo that was a vampire. Did other teams say ever say, "Hey, vampires, you suck"? I mean, they should have. That seems very obvious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they've made that into a movie. Those guys who do all those kind of meet the Spartans kind of films. Uh, that have to be a vampire one called You Suck, right? Or, or called Vampires Suck. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm like 98% sure that exists. Uh, and if it doesn't, it will by the time this podcast comes out. We didn't call ourselves a vampire. I think about, oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Tell me. I don't think we called ourselves. Like I don't remember like you know when you're g each other up to go, Come on, vampires! You'd just be like, go... Bloodsuckers? No. The bloods. That, you had that blood culture, like the Sydney Swans. No, because it's bloods. I just think we've got East Brighton. We just got ourselves East Brighton. Let's go East Brighton. Sprighton. Sprighton. Let's go Sprighton. Sprighton vampires. We used to say, um, I remember the word blitz was used a lot. Like, let's blitz them. We blitzed them. We blitzed. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, German World War Two <laughs> lingo used. Because many of the teams, many of the players in the team had been alive. Got in Himmel! <laughs> Could only play night games. <laughs> it's actually, I cannot, uh, you're actually making me want to look it up because we were definitely the vampires. I know that's what we were called. I mean, that's a crazy it's such a name for a football field. team. The vampires. Is it though? Yes. I the vampire. I've never heard of a football team called the Vampires. Should we, should we just jump on Google quickly? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh. What I love the most is your first line of this podcast after our introduction was we got the AFL talk <laughs> out of the way before the podcast, so... Well, this is AFL, but it's it's of a more personal nature okay. because we've gone and we've found the East Brighton Football Club website. I mean, which is amazing in itself. What a world we live it's in. It's actually... The, a- where the East Brighton Football Club have a website. Is it better or worse than our website? Uh, heaps better. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got like sponsors and shit and... They're making money. They have literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, uh, ten, do, ta- ten tabs. Do they employ a stenographer? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so they are the East Brighton vampires, but they yep. do have a logo this time and I'll turn it around and show you top left corner there. Oh, so it is very vampire, vampire bat. Yeah. Vampire yeah. bat. So, so you're the bats. So it's the EBVJFC, East Brighton Vampires Junior Football Club. Yep. And so the logo is like a bat and then vampires and kind of spooky writing in front of the bat. Yeah. Essentially like, uh, you, it's either a football club or a theater restaurant. Now, what do you think their motto is, Will? <clears throat> it's uh, three, I'll give you a clue. It's three words. Uh, suck you dry. That was. <laughs> After we show you everything, we'll suck you dry. <laughs> no, uh, but garlic but, kills us. But the actual motto rhymes with what you just said, or at least the last word does. Uh, oh, something die. Um, so. Uh, vampires. They're vampires. Vampires are... Uh, we never die. Uh, if you're a football team, though, what's a good philosophy to have on the footy field? You uh, something... Never something die. 
Yeah, okay, we never fucking die. <laughs> yes. Odd for a junior football club to have we never fucking die. They're vampires, they're immortal. They dominated that competition. All the players were actually a thousand years old. They were just children who died. We never say die. Yeah, we never say die. Okay. Yeah, Except yeah. in our logo and in all our branding. We don't say it, but we write it down constantly. So uh before the break you heard me sing what my memory of the East Brighton Football Club song is. Yes. I found it. They have an MP3 where you can play it. Get the fuck off. Now, are you I've, serious? Yeah. They have an MP3. Yeah. We don't embedded on their website. On our we web- do a, oh, an audio podcast sake. on our website that we don't even imb- I don't think so. Uh, anyway. I mean, uh, here's the thing. I don't even go to it. Check <laughs> out Omniapp. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, omniapp.com. Omniapp.com. Yeah. Okay. They're going to make us better. So, uh my memory of the You can probably is- download the Vampires fucking podcast as well. Oh, so it's actually SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud. Oh, so if you want to download yeah. <laughs> If you want to download the East Brighton Junior Football Club song, it is available on uh, SoundCloud. Okay. Download or stream. Okay. Um, now, we'll just do a quick recap. My memory of the lyrics are East Brighton are number one, we're the team that can't be done, we'll meet him, we'll beat him, our voices will ring, we'll play him, we'll slay him, we'll show him everything. Yep. Da, da, da. Our achievements are supreme, we're just a champion team. We all know it's in the bag, East Brighton for the flag. So I'm about to play the song now. If I've got them wrong, I'm going to put it down to it's been almost like the years. It's been a long years. time. Been a long time. It's been thirty years almost since I was there. So and like you, you they probably brought in like new a couple of, to DJ to remix it. Ja Rule probably features on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, East Brighton Football Club song featuring Pitbull. Right, here, we <laughs> here we go. Ready? Tonight I'm going to show you everything. East Brighton is number one. Correct. We're the team that can be done. Yes. Yeah. We all know it's in the back. <laughs> Breakdown. <laughs> Follow me for the changes. <laughs> and now is there a refrain? Is it gonna come in with a bit more? Second verse. Fighting to uphold our name. Oh my god! East Brighton, we'll put them to the test. East Brighton, East Brighton, above all the rest. Achievements are supreme. We are just a champion team. We all know it's in the bag. East Brighton for the flag. Man. The forgotten second I verse. This is the second verse. A second verse. Then, How cocky are you motherfuckers that you have a breakdown <laughs> and a second verse? Get the band in and then get to the second verse. We can't even remember the second verse of the Australian National Anthem. I love that they hired a studio and got found a barbershop quartet. I mean, that's in. old school. I mean, for a junior football club. No club. one's singing like that. It's incredible. incredible. I mean, that's good production. Do you want to know about the club? I mean, I want to know all about the club. <laughs> okay. I want to know nothing but about this club anymore. Club history, coming soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> Look, when it comes to bad websites... I mean, technically, written... that's the future. Okay. Club policies or milestones? Okay. Club policies. 
The East Brighton Football Club does not condone underage consumption of alcohol or yeah. smoking. Uh-huh. They're taking of non-prescription drugs or illegal substances. Uh-huh. That means you, Stephen Dank. Like, that's <laughs> weird. odd that I've written that. Foul language, destruction, damage, or theft of property. Foul language. I'm pretty sure I heard some swearing when I played back in back in '89 to '91. That was my yeah. But these are vampires, mate. You're sucking the you know the blood of the living. Do you want You're to know the what the undead. code of conduct for coaches? I would is? love to know what the code of conduct. All coaches. Please are... don't finger the kid. <laughs> That's it. All coaches are required to sign off to acknowledge their support of our code of conduct. Yeah. Any coach that does not abide by the club's code of conduct or behaves in a manner that brings the East Brighton Vampires Junior Football Club into disrepute may be suspended or deregistered by the mm. committee of the East Brighton Vampires Junior Football Club. If you do anything to run down the decent name of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> the code ensures that the coaches maintain a standard of behaviour and conduct in the best interests of the game yep. and the players and the staff in their care. Respect the rights, the dignity and the worth of all individuals refraining from any discriminatory practices on the base of race, religion, ethnic background, or special ability, disability. What if you've got a really cocky kid? That's fine. That's, that's, not, fine. A, that's not a disability. That's okay. an ability. But you can't boo, you know, you can't boo the players. <laughs> Imagine if you went to junior footy and you booed children. I'm pretty sure do people, people do that. Do that? <laughs> yeah. Really? People I are terrible. hearing boos a lot. Oh, my God. Uh, abide by they're children can you imagine what sort of person you are there that was, boos there was a child? one game where one of the mothers for the opposition team jumped the fence and ran and to get involved in a scrap that her son was involved in I mean if there's a scrap I can understand that protective thing I remember on the wing at Hayfield one day uh so at the Hayfield football ground, basically um, where people would stand and watch like on this asphalt next to the ground, but it was just basically on the, and the entire fight spilled into like the asphalt on the side. Oh, what, what, under? It was like under 17s probably, but it was like, but yeah, all these people who were there for the seniors and stuff who were already a few cans in just joined in the fight with these like under 17 kids on the ground. Great days. <laughs> what do you think under milestones... The uh, what do you think is the highest amount of games played by an East Brighton junior footballer? What what does juniors go to? What does that include? I seem think I seem to think it was from like under tens to under sixteens. Okay, so you can probably play under tens, under twelves, under fourteens, under sixteens. You can probably play so like six years, fifteen and- or sixteen games a year plus finals. Maybe if you played all those and you had a good run in the finals, yeah. you could probably play like nearly 80, 80, 80 odd games. Up oh. up. Shut oh, yeah. the fuck over up. over a hundred over a hundred games. Yeah, must have started. Yeah, must have been playing in the under tens from when they were like seven. One hundred twenty-eight. Jack Squires holds yep. the record at one hundred twenty-eight games. They only have two categories for milestones, which is one hundred and fifty games. But like, as in players who've played a hundred game players and fifty game players. Right. How many have played over fifty? Oh God, there's quite a few fifty game players who stalled at ninety-nine. Oh really? Oh, that's Did, gonna hurt. Yeah, and they'll rest it. Oh, wow. Any mention of you? Do you get like, is there any sort of like... Uh, Dickheads. One entry. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie Clawson. Uh, No, I did win a trophy. Yeah, what did you win again? Um, Best first year player. So rookie of the year. Yeah, so you had a lot of potential. That was So basically you were just nothing but a disappointment from then on. Because like rookie of the year, that's like the number one draft choice, basically. You're this, like, you know, you're the future star. You're the hope of the supporters. I was, uh, no, I would be the best upgraded player. 
Like, you know how clubs now have, like, there's lots of awards they give out at the end of the year. Uh-huh. And there's, like, a few kind of, like, coaches award kind of ones. Right. That's kind of what my award was, was, hey, of all the new kids who came to play footy this year, you were the least terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won least terrible of the new kids? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. But how's this? Like, I look, I wasn't a gifted athlete, but I always did well at sport because I was a big harder tryer. I was that dour defender that you needed in a team. There's always one of those players, especially in a footy team. You need more than that. You like need Pippen, role, You were a role player. I was a hundred percent a yeah. role player. Um, but you like to have. And you've grown up and you've become a role player. You've always been a role player, Charlie. So now you're playing the role of Zach on Home and Away, but back then you were playing the role of a gritty like, halfback yeah. flanker. <laughs> Convincing as neither. Yeah. <laughs> Nuggety as both. <laughs> so um, I uh, have not won many sporting awards. I won like a, a, a cricket award for like the Division B, you know, Team 6, you know, batting award or something. But that was when I played for East Brighton, that was my first time playing AFL outside of school. And so I really like had a great year. It was a lot of fun and stuff. And then at the end of the year, when they had the pie night where they handed out the awards, I decided. <laughs> By the way, which we should explain to our international. Oh, does that like pie night? Doesn't on on the awards that? night, that we call it a pie night. Oh, yeah. But basically, because the, the whole point is that you get free pies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few people get awards, yeah. but everybody gets free pies. You, I guess if you say pie night football team, it brings right. up like completely all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And we had our bun night, which was a completely <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Night. I don't want to ask about that. But yeah, Pine Night is in junior footy where they hand out the awards. And so uh, I knew when it was, but the season was over. And I, because I was not used to being at a sporting club where like, you know, those nights are important. Like that's, you know, those right. kind of award nights, I didn't go. And then the next day the coaches called and said, oh, why didn't you front up? And I was like, oh, because, you know, I, you know, it wasn't like training or anything. So I didn't think it was important. And they're like, oh, well, we had a trophy we were going to give you and stuff. So we'll just... Uh, We'll drop it around a bit later. Oh. And so I went to school that day, came home, there was just like a trophy on the doorstep. Oh. My one moment oh. to like... You could have been be there. acknowledged to like look at all the other first-year players and go, I was the least worst of you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I've not been there for uh, three of my um, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, like uh, whatever that award is that they get, I have won. Um, so I've been there for two of them, but I have not been there for three of them, including. So this you're sh- trying to say that you are missing out on the highest award at the Melbourne Comedy Festival is comparable to me not getting a trophy for my junior footy club? No, here's what I would say because it's not the highest award. Like the highest award is the Barry. That's the Critics Award. Mine's like I, the one that I've won is the most uh, uh, people's people uh, the people's choice. Most mainstream, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but in some ways, that's actually what it means. Yeah. Like it means that yeah, the people yeah, literally like. The most people probably come and saw you. You are the LMAFO of comedy. Well, it's your best first year player. Well, no, it's not. But it's like it isn't the the main game. It's like winning, like it's finishing top of the ladder. And like the Fremantle Dockers, for example, have won the McClellan Shield or whatever it is that we give people for. I can't, I can't even remember what it is. And I love AFL. What's the... Uh, yeah, what's the thing you win for? What? Google it. What's the, What do you win for coming for, like being first on the ladder at the end of the season in the AFL? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because there is one, but this is the point. It, it's not as important as winning the premiership. So, like, winning the Barry at the Melbourne Comedy Festival is winning the premiership, and, like, winning the People's Choice is, like, finishing on top of the ladder. I would, that, there you go. That's not bad. I'd like that. What's it called? Does it, does it say? Yeah, hang on. It is... 
Hang on. Who? I can't find the answer straight away. Oh, okay. You make sure you cut this out. Hang on. Well, I'll just pause. pause. It. I'll just pause. Apologies, uh, that took a little longer to find. That's okay. So I said it, it was called the McLennan Shield or something. It's What's it actually McClelland called? The McClelland Trophy. The McClellan Trophy. So, you were saying. Okay, so. Uh, not winning the Barry. Well, no. I, so this year at the festival, like, I, I was just in bed. People said to me afterwards, like, where were you at this thing? And I was like, oh, I was just in bed. I didn't think I was going to win. <laughs> like, it would have been nice. I would have loved just like like you said, like it would have been nice to be there instead. You know, go that that's cool. Like you know, uh, but I was just in bed, <laughs> just in bed sleeping. Um, did, you, did you get trophies as a kid for stuff? Yeah, so um, I was like a heaps. I was not a bad uh, football, and so the one well, I remember a couple. So the first one, which was a real surprise, I was playing. I was still playing under fifteens, but I was also playing in the Hayfield under nineteens, and. I was just playing in the back pocket. You know, I was a kid playing in like a team of like really kind of older boys. But I had a pretty good season. And what I, position? Right. P- back pocket. No, I was back playing. Back pocket? Yeah, back pocket. That yeah. was my position. But you're tall and rangy. Yeah, but I was like, uh, I'm four, I'm 14 or whatever at this stage. You're and I'm playing like under 19s. No, nah, I was like. What player pro- did you most resemble at 14? Oh, uh, I would have liked to. I was not any in any way like. Um, uh, as good as like I mean well clearly not in any way as good as this player like, I believe you as need any to player as any player I'm going to mention let's just assume I wasn't as good at yeah. when at I was 14, 14 and playing under 19s in April yeah. <laughs> goes that same. a disclaimer that probably didn't need to be made <laughs> but particularly uh, to this person who was named in the AFL team of the century so like even disproportionately more so <laughs> Uh, but I used to wear long sleeves and I, I thought that I played like Stephen Silvani played because like oh. I would like, because I was kind of like more like, you know, a lot of my thing was punching that like my job would be to like kind of defend on someone and punch the ball away and well, kind of then run down the ground and stuff. said about Stephen Silvani is he had perfect balance. They said he was like a cat. Do you know who else they said that about? Who? Tony Modra. I was watching oh. Open Mic where he's interviewing Tony Modra and he said, who was the hardest player to play on? And he said, oh, Stephen Silvani. And Mike Sheen made the observation. He's gone, that's funny because you've both been – he spoke to Steve Silvani and he said, oh, Tony Modra's like playing on a cat. He had right. like a lot of spring and perfect balance. But that's what people used to say about me as well. Plus also occasionally you just want to turn around and pet them. Yeah, and lick your own balls. Lick your balls. <laughs> Like it's weird. He's like occasionally just been licking in those balls. Okay, and then he did a shit in the goal score. Oh my god! Because I never, I didn't know you when you played football. I always assumed you would have been more of a lumbering kind of centre half forward ruckman type. So not like a, a springy defender. No, I, so I think when I was playing under 15s, that's exactly what I was playing. Like I was playing ruck because right. I was like a big kid for under 15s. Were you but a lumbering was- kid, like a Ben McAvoy? No, probably not, because I because I'm not because look at my body now. Like it wasn't like I was taller or bigger than this. My frame is not the frame of somebody who is big, but I was like I got tall quicker than some other kids, and I was probably I probably got athletic quicker. I had this one year I remember it really weirdly where I was just never really that great at sport. I was fine at sport, like you know my dad's a real good sports person, so we played a lot of sport around. So I had like reasonable motor skills, like you know made some representative cricket teams despite the fact you I drove had no cars. 
Yeah. I did actually. I mean, we were farm kids. I literally had motor skills and tractor skills and truck skills, fought quad bike skills. Um, no, but you kind of had that sort of like. I sometimes think that the reason that the, the the sons of AFL players like have been traditionally have become good AFL players, like what well, can become good AFL players, the, the game has a rich tradition of fathers and sons, is that our game is still a point in its development where the thing that you've been playing it and had that in your hand and had good coaching essentially, because if your father played, they know how it's played, you know, learn how to kick properly or whatever that actually just puts you ahead of the other kids. If you read any of that Malcolm Gladwell stuff about the 10,000 hours and just being like born at the right time of the year, I think having a dad who teaches you how to kick properly or how to mark properly probably just puts you ahead of the other kids like to a certain point, you know. And so I I think I had that. But then I kind of had a period of growth, like around when I was 12, 13, 14, where like I went from being like, you're probably a bit pudgy and a bit like overweight. And then I grew a bit and kind of grew into my body. And it was weird. I had one of those like, I'd never been a person who at like athletics carnivals at school. Like I used to do well in like the shot put and like those sort of things, you know? The things fat kids are doing. Yeah, right. But I mean, that's absolutely right. That's what I would do well at, right? And then I had like, I'm, I guess I'm in like year eight and my mum's picked me up from school after this school athletics tournament and I've just walked out to the car and I have this like, like chest full of like blue fucking ribbons <laughs> where I've never had any talent before. It's like I've mugged the kid who's good at <laughs> athletics, right? And But what had happened was, unbeknownst to me, like in my growth spurt and because other people hadn't quite got there yet, I just kind of had this power and strength and speed and whatever that the other kids hadn't oh caught up God, to. Oh, my God, you're those like mongoloid kids who's just like, Whoa! pick things up and throw it. It was a bit like that, though. <laughs> like I won. You were Lenny from his my, of Mice and Men. Well, I, I th- this will... Th- Exactly prove your point. <laughs> like, you killed I, a dog. <laughs> the thing that I'm about to tell you, like, is 100% what you're saying. And, like, how little I knew, like, what had happened. It came as much of a surprise to me as it did to everybody else. I won the 100-meter sprint at my school and, like, ended up going in the States and stuff. I was the only kid in the race who stood up to... Like, you know, everyone else, like, started like they were starting a sprint. Like, you know, they had, like, a crouch start. Mm. I didn't know how to do that. I was just, like, some big upright. lumbering idiot. <laughs> and I just ran faster than <laughs> from my upright position. Like, fucking Forrest Gump or yeah. something. <laughs> like- <laughs> Your coach was there just with, like, a, a, a bag of, like, sausage rolls at the end of the finish line. I had, like, a, like our local... Somebody contacted me a few years ago that they had finally broken my, like, high school long jump record because I had this, like, long-standing, so you, so you like... So you had agility as well? But just, I, like, at that point, I won... It was, like, I would do long, long jump, triple jump, 100, 200, 400. It's like you're a superhero for, like, a summer. How long did it last? About three years. And about you're a superhero for three years, basically, because you had a growth spurt. Yeah. Your DNA and your hormones made you a superhero for three years. It was like I got bitten by a radioactive yes. spider, right? And for three years, I was the only one who had, but then everybody got bitten by a radioactive <laughs> yeah. spider, and it turned out that people were heaps better yeah. at web-slinging and, and stuff you, than me. And then you got bitten by a spider who just liked to tell a couple of jokes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got bitten by a really funny spider. Yeah. I got bitten by Greg Fleet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had like three kind of like really good years, I would say. So... Basically, when I started coming into it, and then that year where I was playing, so these two years, the year where I was still under-15s, where we won the premiership as under-15s, our team, but I was also playing in the under-19s. And so it was my first season. So I'm just playing in the back pocket for them because I'm a kid, you know. 
and I came third in the league best and fairest. Like, not just our... Yeah. Like, I came second in our best and fairest and actually lost to the guy who came second in the but league you, best the and The thing fairest. is, the way you're describing this is like an idiot savant. You're not talking about, like, your competitive spirit and, you know, the fact that you really wanted to play. And, I mean, were you just like, oh, going to turn up bad football? And then, like, you were just really good at it? Or were you, like... Because when I played football, like, I wanted to play, and I was very much about I mean, that. I really wanted to play. I've always loved footy. Yeah, but were you, like, you wanted to be the best? You wanted to be... No. No, I, I no, not really. Like, I mean, I wanted to try and stuff, but I never had, like... And I was playing, like, state-level re- representative football and stuff, and, like, you know, I captained, like... Oh, no, actually, I was vice-captain of our school boy, but our, like, you know, schoolboys team, which was the, you yeah, know, the whole region and stuff, like, played at a pretty high level yeah, and all those like, sort of things. That's, like, fucking 15 people. <laughs> Entire Shut the fuck right? up. Thank you. Hey, a lot of people. <laughs> One of the, like, yeah, backline was uh, a sheep <laughs> wearing football jumpers. I played with a lot of guys who ended up playing in the AFL, put it that way, you know, like who, who, but mm. I certainly, and so then in the second year, I didn't have as good a year playing in the under 19s when I was actually, like, you know, wasn't in under 15s anymore. Well, I didn't think I had, right? But I had an okay year. But I, it was when people were starting to catch up, to, like, you know, whatever. So, but my dad, this, this is a story I wanted to tell you, is my dad and mum went to, or my dad, I think my dad and mum, because he was involved in the league or whatever, mm. went to the league best and fairest that night. But I didn't go because I hadn't had as good a season as last year. Um, and they count all the one votes before the night. So they've walked in to this league best and fairest and I had polled like 13 one votes. Like I'd polled in 13 games, but like one votes. And so I'm like, the next person's on like three or four or whatever. <laughs> like I am miles ahead. And so now my mum and dad have to make a decision on, do I still have a few like two and threes up the sleeve? Yeah, yeah. Or is that all it's, the it's votes a, yeah. that I'm getting it's, for it's the day? Like was it a mediocre year in which case it would all be one vote? Right. Or is there one or two games just where you bump, can just bump it to an unassailable lead? Yeah. Well, well, the point is they made the right call and not calling me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, can I tell you my most humiliating story? So when I left East Brighton, there was a coach there who, I think it was like year 10 was my final year at East Brighton. And I was a bit worried about playing, because I was playing schoolboy footy, then club footy, and then, you know, trying to study at the same time. And so I spoke to him at the start of the year. and was like, I think I, because I, I had a shit year, like academically the year before. So I spoke to him and said, I don't think I'm going to play footy this year. I'm going to take time out. Yeah. He's kind of like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And then after about six or seven weeks, I was like, okay, I think my marks are back where they need to be, or six or seven months probably. I can probably play the last like five or six games of the year. So I went back and spoke to him. He's like, yeah, cool, come back. So I started playing. But he would take every opportunity at training to uh, paint me as this Benedict Arnold, but in a very passively aggressive kind of way. Like, you know, we're on the way to the finals and stuff and everyone wants to be on board that. Like Charlie, he's back. You know, he can see where we're going. He wasn't there at the start of the year, but he's back and all that kind of stuff. And so it was just one of those, I, it was just I, I, the whole kind of the, the half a season I played or whatever, I was like, oh, this is like, I'm not welcome here. So I turn up to the pie night for the counting of the votes. And the way they did it was they just would go round by round, one, two, three, and then they would mark it up on a whiteboard. And so two or three, and I didn't play the first like five or six games, but then by the time I came in, no vote, no vote. And it was the kind of club where everyone would get a vote. Like, you know, 
even the dominant players, they'll give a vote to that guy in the forward pocket who never touches the ball just because it's junior footy. Right. No votes, no votes, no votes, no votes. Final round, I actually kicked three goals, had to get a vote, still no votes. And then they had to give out a medal to each of the kids who participated. And so I got up there and the coach decided to give me one last parting shot and he's like, so Charlie's up, uh, you know, Charlie, uh, he couldn't play because he wanted to study, go back to school. His mum said that he should study harder. So he, he went back, but then he came back. And uh, yeah, you know, like he's, uh, he wanted to play for clubs. So uh, thanks, Charlie. And I had to stand there in front of the white No votes. No votes. The only player in the entire team who did not register to vote, having played at least one game. How, how old are you? Like. 15 or 16. Fuck, shut the fuck up. And I even had like friends who were in. People are fucked up, man. People who were in, friends who were in the same team like came up to me afterwards. Like my teammates were like, that was really fucked up. Like that was weird that they would do that to you and he would get you up. But I do think it was like a personal. This middle aged dad of one of the players who was coaching the team, I think he just wanted to bully someone. I was oblivious of it at the time, but I had a coach in junior football who had a problem with my father and I was being like mistreated by this coach at the time, just hardly treated, not mistreated. That's unfair of me to say, but like fingers, no fingers. (laughs) The code of conduct conduct was still (laughs) in place. Yeah. There was no things about, Hey, uh, by the way, if you have a problem with the father of one of the children, (laughs) don't treat that child harder than everybody else. And, but I didn't realize it at the time. I knew something was up. I knew this guy didn't like me and I couldn't work out why. And years later, it was explained to me. Because I, my dad, I, I don't actually, it's really weird for me to even hear that someone had a problem with my dad. Say, like, because he's not, not that really, guy. No. But it was actually that my dad had been, my dad's a bit no nonsense and like it's been really successful with him with, he has a lot of respect of some pretty rough kids. Right. Like, and you know, he doesn't swear and he doesn't drink and all that sort of thing, but he has a way of talking to kids who have a bit of trouble or whatever. Yeah. That they really respond to. But I think he tried to do that with this guy and this, it just hadn't. And this guy kind of grown up with his chip on his shoulder and decided he was going to take it on as me as a kid. And as a kid, I didn't realize why that was. But I knew something was up, right? But it was only years later, another person explained to me exactly what was going on. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. That I guess that makes sense now. That, But I'm like, what sort of person are you that you <laughs> take it out on the kid? Yeah. Like, isn't that just like... But it's amazing the people we can become, don't you think? Don't you worry? Do you ever worry about like when you look at old people? And I don't mean old people in general because there's lots of great older people. But... Like sometimes you look at someone who's so set in their ways or he's become like this like kind of parody of ideas or won't move on or like all the range of all those sort of things we associate with that. And you think, am I going to become that? I don't want to be that old bitter person or I don't want to be that old person who's scared of new technology or whatever it it is. Uh, Yeah, Sam Kavanagh, if you listen to the latest or second latest. Are you talking about Sam Kavanagh? Sam Kavanagh. Yeah. Uh, We, the entire podcast is pretty much that theory, which is we we're just grumpy old men and there's things that we're becoming intolerant of. And I don't know that I would ever be the person to take it out on someone else, but I do think that there is a kind of, uh, there is a point at which your empathy deadens or something where you get more, where your fear outweighs your hope. I think. Right. That's interesting. Where your fear outweighs your hope. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
But uh, yeah, it's terrible. I don't want to be that. I mean, that's what that I, it's for me. And maybe because I don't want to be it, hopefully I won't be it. But one of those people who's eaten up by bitterness, when you see those people are in relationships and they hate the person mm. they're with and they don't make them a better person. And that's not to say that, I mean, all relationships are difficult and whatever, but I'm just, you know, sometimes, and, but like all work things where you're like, you know, why is this eating you up? What has it made you become? And, 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 but I also get scared of like, oh, do I, do we all become that? No. Do I become that old man yelling at the clouds? You no. know, will one day I be an old person think who thinks so. that Alan Jones has a lot of great I mean, ideas? I think so. Like, if you just, it, it, to me, as someone who's almost 40, my 20s don't feel that long ago. Yet in my 20s, I remember looking at guys who are almost 40 and being like, ugh. Shut up. Those guys are the best. Move on. (laughs) I mean, like, you just think that, like, if you look at the way opinion is changing and the media landscape is changing, like, you cannot, you can try, you can work hard to be relevant, but the natural cycle of life and evolution is that we have to become irrelevant. What you hope, though, is that in your irrelevancy, you don't become uh, 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 narrow-minded or like I, I'm happy with being irrelevant but I don't want to hold on to the values that I hold dear right. if someone comes along and says those values are outdated I want to be open enough that I can go okay maybe I got this wrong like you heard the episode of That's Awesome I did with my mum yeah. where I talked about feminism because you know she was a young woman in the 50s and uh, you know we talked about that and then transitioning to the 60s and she said that I asked her as a as a you know twenty year old in nineteen fifty seven, like what were your job opportunities? What did you? And she said, well, no one talked about it. Like she said, I would have been a feminist if I knew what that was at the time. You know, she said she wishes that she, like the sixties, she would have been a bohemian because yeah. there's this explosion of kind of opportunity. I loved life. hearing her talk about that. I was like, yeah. me and your mum would have gone on great if we were like the same age. Yeah. If we were, like I, I think I would have gone on equally as well with your mum as I get on with you. <laughs> I did, but every every time she was talking about what she would have done or whatever, I was like, yeah, you're my sort of, like, you're cool. But it is that thing of mum is very open to the fact that, well, the stuff that she knew and believed in at the time might have been wrong. And, you know, when she talked about, like, Indigenous Australia and she talked about feminism and the Catholic Church, all that stuff she's changed her opinion on based on the new evidence. And so that's what I... I mean, I, I, I know that I will be intolerant and grumpy and narrow-minded about stuff, but what I would hope is I have that same perspective where I go, fuck, well, you know what? That thing that I held on quite to quite dearly, maybe that the whole Adam Goods thing did that for me, where it was I totally believed that like things were like equal and things the AFL was going well. That happens and you're like, shit, maybe racism is ingrained in a lot of things that we don't necessarily think are being racist. Like maybe we have to do, change our attitudes to move forward. I'm all for that, as long as I understand it. Right, and that's I mean that is the thing. And I look, a lot of the time, I think it's fear. Like I mean, it's a fear of people going, "Well, this is what I know," and if it moves on from this, then like I mean, it's hard to I mean because there's things that we believe or things that we've said. I mean, look, I've noticed in the way, in the time we've been doing this podcast, but certainly in the time I've talked about you know things publicly for the last twenty years. Next week, next Thursday, September 10 is my 20th, the 20th anniversary from my first gig. And so like for 20 years, I've been like sharing ideas with people. And there's a bunch of ideas that I've shared over that time that like I regret or that I like in context with what I know now, I regret. But at the time, I didn't necessarily regret. I thought, 
And I wonder what they are now because we are obviously saying things even now that like five mm. years from now or like talking about things or we don't have an insight into something we believe to be very true right now yeah. isn't. Yeah. Right? 100%. Like that blows my fucking mind well, in a way that something we hold on to and believe to be true dearly yeah. is not fucking true. But not even that. Stuff that you have no awareness of is suddenly going to appear and make you go like, holy fuck. I mean, that's what's happening you know, not to put it down, but this refugee crisis in Europe, you know, this stuff that we, that Australians have been very conveniently avoiding because it's not on our doorstep, really. We're trying to stop them before they get here. Yeah. Has happened very Literally, publicly. that's the policy. Stop them before they get here. Yeah. Yeah. But now that, like, it's happened somewhere very publicly where there is a lot of media attention, it's getting harder and harder to go, oh, you know what? This is the right way to go. We just block out. block. If we can't see it, then it hasn't happened. It is happening. You know what I mean? I mean, I find that with the marriage equality debate. Like, <clears throat> the people in Australia, like when you read the editorials or the editorial pages, you know, the letters to the editor, that sort of thing, with people who are just like living in this world where they think that the, the rest of the world hasn't moved on. Yeah. Like, they seem to have this idea that, oh, no, no, no. No, we can go on just discriminating uh, against people in the law based on their sexuality and everyone will be fine with that. No, they won't, mate, because everybody is not fine with that. And soon most other people won't be fine with it. I mean, there's no. obviously going to be a lot of places in the world that are never going to be fine with it. But do we want to be those places? No. But there is a bit of that in our country at the moment, obviously. that Like, we used to be very progressive, I think, in a lot of ways, you mm. know, because we were young. And I think that when you're young, like as a nation, like as a white nation, obviously our indigenous population have been here for forty to 60,000 years. Yeah. But as a white nation, we were very young. So you aren't bogged down by history. Mm. But suddenly we feel like we've got something to protect and we've suddenly become very selfish. Yeah. You know, it used well, to be like we've got boundless planes to share, but now it's like, fucking don't come over here and take our shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as Waleed put it best when he uh, said that Australians are a very... As Waleed Ali put it best, everything. Yeah, <laughs> if you want what you really think yeah, summed yeah. up into a nicely yeah. argued uh, thousand word piece, we offer you Waleed Ali. <laughs> he is that. He's got a good... Providing strike, cafe right? conversation weekly. Yeah. But when he said that Australians are tolerant until their way of life is... Cha- or they're forced to question or challenge. Right. And I agree with that because I think... It, it sort of stems back to that whole kind of egalitarian, you know, philosophy of, look, we're all on the same page, so no one requires any more attention than anyone else. Right. Which is a beautiful kind of philosophy. If everyone if is on the, on same, the same page. page to yeah. begin with. Yeah, but, it's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I heard Dwayne Russell, you know, that I listened to fucking, we got the AFL chat out of the way before <laughs> the podcast. Um uh, this is a show on uh, like a 3AW, which is like a conservative radio station out of Melbourne, but they have a sports show uh, that's been running for like 20 years. And there's a guy, Jared Healy, who reminds me of my dad. And uh, it's it's co-hosted now by a guy called Dwayne Russell. And I like Dwayne Russell. He's quite an entertaining guy and whatever. But he, on the Adam Goods thing, like you've learned a little bit about him and where his mind still is on that. Because he said... He talks about like Eddie Betts, who's another Indigenous player who plays for Adelaide, and he says everybody loves Eddie because Eddie's just a good bloke, and he's like doesn't make a fuss. And he goes, I think that's doing more than Adam Goods, you know, with his like you know speeches and his blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, because he's the Indigenous guy, and this is no disrespect to Eddie Betts, by the way, but here's why we like Eddie Betts because Eddie Betts is like, hey, look at this, this is fantastic. I'm playing good. AFL footy, and everything's great, and we can look at him and go, look, yeah, Eddie great. Betts is going great, so everything's great, yeah. 
totally. Whereas Adam Goods took that opportunity to go, hey, my life is great, but a lot of my people's lives are really terrible and maybe I'll use this great opportunity I have to share that message yeah. with people. And we're like, oh, no, we don't want to hear about that. We want, we want to hear that everything's great. We mm. made you Australian of the Year. Pat us on the back. Don't, you know, you know, remind us of uncomfortable truths. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's the same with like, you know, when people are so provoked by feminism is this idea that like we live in a world where our prime minister in this country can say that he's got two women in his cabinet and he says, but we promote on merit. Yeah. Well, if you live in a society where somebody can say we promote on merit, but only two out of 28 people are women, then the system's wrong. Yeah. The society's wrong. Yeah. Because women, like a graduating university, it rates more than men now. They are more yeah. qualified than us, not the opposite. You know, there's a, an argument I love when you read the comments section where if uh, someone brings up a grievance, uh, like an Adam Goods uh, or, you know, lack of female representation in parliament someone says oh stop making this political oh yeah right <laughs> yeah like as if there is that the the sole outcome for this is an agenda it's like no this is we're talking about like day-to-day lives like this is not a kind of a, a policy you can get behind there's like a completely disadvantaged group here there's not a, this is not a political statement it's like climate change. Climate change shouldn't be a political, a political statement. statement. No. It shouldn't be a left there versus is right. Evidence, science, and data. Right. That it's happening to us all. Yeah. It's not just and happening I, it's to leftists. It's not ideology. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, absolutely. And, and it's like that debate where they have with marriage equality where they're like, oh, we've got more important things to talk about. Well, A, if you politicians can't <laughs> think about more than one thing at the same time, probably they're not <laughs> the people who should be in the jobs. But secondly, here's the quickest way to stop talking about it. Fucking just get it through. Like, it's not like in Canada. They've had it for a decade. They probably haven't had a conversation about it since. Yeah. You know? Conversations are done. We can then concentrate on the other shit. It's crazy. Anyway, we've solved politics. Yeah. AFL and politics. What a strange juxtaposition (laughs) this episode has been. Like a solid, like, 40-something plus AFL talk. And then, like a raging lefty Chardonnay sipping Eastern suburbs, never actually fucking done anything about mate, it. Mate, by the way, this, mate, my suburb, I live in a fucking liberal suburb. Malcolm Turnbull is my local member. This is like fucking. I don't care about. The best thing about your suburb is George Miller lives near you. Yeah. Me and Georgie would be the only two lefties in the fucking suburb. We have to, we have to get him on the podcast. We've got to get him on the podcast. How do we do it? Lay out a trail of donuts. No, I just assumed that I would just like, I would just run into him and then we'll, Will you ask him? we'll bond. I mean, not in the first thing. He'll say, what's a faux top? <laughs> no, he'll be across it. He's fucking like, look, that's how I want to be at 70. I want to be fucking George Miller, rad. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's who I want to be. I yeah. don't want to be this other shit. I want to be no, George more Miller. To say. I want to have new ideas, yeah. better ideas 100%. than I've ever had at 70. Fuck. I want to like go, fuck this. I'm just going to be as creative as, as I want to be. Cause I'm fucking 70 and I'm George Miller and I don't give a shit. And I've actually learned something. Yeah. Like it's actually, you know what? By the time I'm seventy, the stuff that I thought when I was thirty is going to be different. I hope it's different. It should be. It should be more complex and more fully realized because you have lived the life and you've seen ups and downs and you know, like there's a Steve Martin. I think it, it said, you know, that it's hard to joke about cancer after you're thirty because you've 
you know, had friends who like mm. have had cancer or you've lost people through cancer. And, you know, by the time you're 70, everything's, I mean, like to quote the words of the East Brighton Junior Football Club <laughs> theme song, you've seen everything. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm looking at they never say die. <laughs> and also, that's never not going to help. <laughs> For case of cancer patients, it's, uh, no, that, it doesn't help. Just get treatment. No, I mean, he's shown you everything, but you've seen everything as well. And, and you can reflect that in your art. So I hope that that's, yeah. That's pos- That's a nice positive yeah. message. But yeah, we've got to get him on the podcast. So George Miller coming up uh, real soon. Oh yeah, coming up soon. On, uh, yeah, George Miller will be on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. Oper- I mean, Operation Get George. This is a teaser. <laughs> this is no. This is like uh, a mood. Like what do you call those when somebody puts together like a mood reel or whatever it is yeah, yeah, if they yeah. want the job. Like yeah, and yeah. they'll just put together like this is how I think Daredevil would be if yeah, I yeah. made it or whatever. So this is what that is because we. This is not a real teaser because the teaser would imply we've already got him. Yeah. So this is more like a pitch. But we're getting George. By George, we'll call the episode. Uh, right. George of the to? Jungle. George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, George. Uh, George Costanza. Gorgeous George. <laughs> Gorgeous George. Uh. <laughs> We'll we'll think of a better name by the time we get him on. Well, also, we, I don't know why you're wedded to this idea that it has to have his name in it. Well, what like because not every other episode has oh, been his name. Even it? better, it's Miller time. Oh, I was about to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Clausen. I'm Will Anderson. 